think that, that should be pretty good. One, two. Alright. <laughs> so welcome to my podcast. Hi. <laughs> how do you how do you feel like being in front of a microphone? You, you almost like I, I I see a certain air of like uncomfortable un- uncomfortability coming over you. Uncomfortableness. Yeah. <laughs> no. Nope. It's, it's weird for me too. Yeah. This is weird for me too because you're my dad. So I pretty much know everything about you. It's yeah. It's the audience I'm asking the questions for. Okay. <laughs> so. I guess we'll just start off with uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and like you know uh, explain what you did in the military and that sort of thing. Let me give you a brief rundown of of who I am. Yeah, just a brief rundown. Okay. So I am Edward Zidon the third, Edward Walter Zidon the third, um, born in nineteen seventy two. 1972. 1972. Back in the 1900s. And, um, hmm. Grew up in the uh, south suburbs of Illinois in a town called Dalton. And had a pretty decent childhood. Then the Boy Scouts. Um, played sports. Junior high and high school. Joined the military at 17, and uh, that's when you showed up. That is when I showed up. Back in 1995. Yeah, back back in the before time. In the long ago. Um, and then got out of the Army and decided to do what I had done in the Army for a little bit longer as a civilian, and then... Uh, Decided to just finally come home and went to school to become a special education teacher. Um, decided that was not necessarily my purpose. So started, uh, while I was going to school, I was working for uh, a, an assisted living, uh, supported, supported living, supported employment. Um, organization taking care of adults with intellectual disabilities and whatnot. So that was that was purposeful work, um, but it wasn't a lot of what I wanted to <clears throat> continue to do. So uh, ended up starting a business with neighbor Dave, and uh, that brings us to now. Yeah, so. yeah. So you, you you glossed over your um, yoga instructor certification. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I uh, as part of my personal growth journey, um, I found yoga. So it was a. Uh, hmm. The word I'm looking for would be, I mean, it, it really uh, it was a catalyst for um, my mental health, I think. It was, yeah. It was, a, good, it was a good turning point for me. Um, <clears throat> it helped me reduce 
my mental commotion to the point where I was able to start sorting things out. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, yeah, that was that was a good time. Yeah, you were also with a group of like-minded people. That really helps a lot of things. I think. Um, I don't. I, I, don't I know mean, in the sense like-minded. Um, well, as far as the instructor course went, you know, not just doing yoga, but sure. like going through the instructor course, everyone wanted to become a yoga instructor yes. in, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, it was only my third, second or third, like official yoga class ever. And, uh, it was suggested that I, you know, do the yoga instructor course and, you know, it, I looked at it more as not, not to become a yoga teacher and, you know, start my own yoga business or anything like that. But just as a, it really wasn't so much a teacher course as it was a, an intensive yoga education. Yeah. Just, you know, just so you can be educated. Kind of, kind of like the, the why and how of it. Right. Because you can't teach if you don't know what the hell you're doing. Yeah. Well, so. it also makes it, for me, one of my problems that I get into with a lot of stuff is like, I have to know the why of things for it to work for me. And I'm trying to kind of get away from that because in a sense, like for me, the only, the closest thing I can relate anything to is lifting, Mm -hmm. you know? So whenever someone says do this exercise to make this lift better, I want to get into like what muscles it makes stronger, but it doesn't necessarily matter if a bent over row is going to help my stones. You know what I mean? I mean, I have a, a gist of why it's going to help. Yeah. And I get kind of too caught up in like, it's kind of like the, um, what is it? The, the kiss philosophy, keep it simple, stupid, you know, like don't overcomplicate things. But as far as yoga goes, that's something that is a bit more in depth than lifting, I think. So it would, it's just a different, no. Well, there's a philosophy there, there, that goes behind yoga. A lot of times, like you well, apply, a, yeah. you apply the philosophy. Uh, it, it's a, you can apply philosophy to lifting, but it's more of like a way to live by philosophy. It's not like it, 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 well, doesn't, it doesn't have deep roots. You know what I mean? Like yoga does. Mm. So yeah. Okay. Fair. Um, but you could still turn any physical um, endeavor into a, you know, spiritual or yeah. a meditative uh performance yeah that's how i get whenever like i come home from work and i decide that like the day's been too ridiculous mm-hmm. i won't turn music on i'll lift in silence which i i, I found like i don't read like recently i haven't done that very often but like last year work was getting really stressful we were like really up and right and everything yeah. i'd come home and i had a million people ask me questions and i would you know i would just come in here and lift and it, it kind of it it helps to not like force yourself into a situation where you're like, Oh, I have to have me. It's good. It's good. Not, I'm a very habit forming person. So it was good that I could break that habit of having noise for myself. Noise, noise, noise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It becomes meditative. Just, just the, uh, whatever it is that you do when you, when you start to form those habits, if you allow them to become meditative, um, I think they stick a lot better. Yeah. If you're able to, if you're able to get into a groove of some sort. Yeah, I found moving meditation works a lot better for me than regular meditation. Yeah. Like 
kind of like I imagine like when you get into washing a house or something like that or, or cleaning a, a driveway or something or concrete in general. Like, I'm just working with my hands. Yeah, um, but, but it becomes that repetitive motion so you can kind of check out mentally. Mm-hmm. You know, you're aware of what's going on, but you are confident enough in your ability where you're like, okay, I can let my mind wander. And that's kind of where like the best questions in your head come from. Yeah. That's what I would do. Like whenever I'd go in on overtime, stick earbuds in, which I'm not supposed to do at work. But, you know, on overtime, it's kind of like if it's volunteer, it's like whatever. Um, And I would just put music on and I'd kind of get in the zone or or a podcast or something. And because I, I knew everything like that was a very it was a very like. If we're doing overtime, I prefer mindless, mindless tasks. Yeah, I, I prefer thing. doing yeah. overtime that way because a lot of times there's people that are like, "No, nah, I don't want to come in early." I'm like, yeah. "Okay, you don't come in early, and then I'm going to work by myself." And that's it gives you time to think. Man, yeah. it's so nice because I mean, I have a million things going, especially now more than ever. I have so much stuff going on, but before it was mostly just like being a parent. Yeah, it was the most stressful thing. Hmm. Yeah. Being a parent can be stressful. Yeah. It's it's fun, though. It's enjoyable. It's very enjoyable. Kids. I love kids. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I talk about being a parent a lot on a lot on the show. So I feel like I've said everything that I could even say about having kids. But Well, good. Because I didn't really want to make that part of a conversation. <laughs> Just, I got nothing else to offer you. You're doing a pretty good job. So. Uh. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I actually made use of my calendar for once. I wasn't using it at all. Like I, I, I kept talking about how I was going to use it, but now that I have to make stones, I have it written down for like when I need to do each stone. So, as as much as I'm like really not looking forward to mix, mixing stones, I am looking forward to mixing stones. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like having that. Um, it's it's another thing to do. You yeah. know. And and this one, it's not just it's not just a thing, you know. Um, it's it, it's got its purpose. It does. You know, it's not like doing the dishes, where that's just another thing to do. Well, I can actually, it, when once I like kick my aversion to house chores, I actually <laughs> enjoy getting you know, get my hand on the vacuum cleaner and cleaning the house. I don't. And, you know. Oh yeah. That that could be. You put some music on, just. Wash the damn dishes. Just do it. Okay. Yeah, I Let's mean, just wash the dish. You know, well, I, I have two little kids running around, so there's always other noise and other stuff like. Yeah, Quinn. I guess I'm at that stage in my life where I have the uh, the the privilege of quiet time. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah, I, I do enjoy it. Quinn doesn't seem to understand that if I'm doing dishes and I have music playing, I can't hear him from across the living room. So then yeah. I say, "Hey, hold on, buddy. Wait for me to." get done he's like okay but daddy and i'm like oh dude (laughs) but uh so i had a i guess i'm trying to figure out i'm still trying to figure out how to word this question um i don't know if it's your most memorable time in the service but it's definitely what like sticks out most in my head and i think it's a great story is the picture you have with the Afghan girl, right? Was she oh, yeah. Afghan or Iraq? Afghan. Afghan. Yeah. Uh, so, like, why don't you why don't you elaborate on that story? 
Um, yeah, that, that if you don't mind, really, no, absolutely. Because um, I feel like that's a very like it's a, to at least to me the way I perceive it is it's a, it's a staple in your military career. It kind of like encompasses like the good that is done. Okay, you know, yeah, I, I, I see your perspective. But no, the, the experience uh, was it was really just it was weird. Um, it messed me up for a little bit, just kind of processing just that whole, the whole scene. But uh, we were doing um, supply runs, doing ring routes, you know, where you fly around. And in a predictable pattern um, on a certain day, and you'd go land at FOBs and drop off supplies. And uh, so this time we were going whatever whatever the name of the route was um we'd zip up towards uh Jalalabad and then go to Asadabad and uh up the valley and I think I want to see it was either Nongalam or Methalam but there was a, a little two spot LZ landing zone um up on towards the top of the hill and there was two um brick and mortar kind of buildings they're uh, i guess you know, standard compound buildings afghan uh like a public building and i guess there were schools there was a classroom in there and a little hospital i guess there was some of the uh what do you call them ngos the non-government agencies mm -hmm. or organizations um you know doing charity work or uh Humanitarian work. I Those would be like American civilians would go Just there and do that? Whatever. Uh, or anybody. Anybody. You okay. know, doctors out of borders or, you know, Red Cross or whatever, Red Crescent. Um, so, but, so we're unloading all this stuff, you know, we, and it's passengers and cargo and, you know, sometimes it's bags. Sometimes it's, it's, it's an entire helicopter full of mail. Um, so you guys would also bring like civilian? Oh, we were, yeah. oh, everybody. You know, if wow. it was the one time I hauled the Saint, the... Oh, the New Orleans Saints cheerleaders. Really? Um, that was fun. Yeah. They're nice ladies. Um, <laughs> but no, so we were up at, at Nongalam or Methalam, one of the two, and um, unloading the cargo. And the, um, the LZ, the, the, the liaison, the ground ops guy, comes around up to the back of the helicopter and... You know, usually we'll come up and we'll, uh, we'll check the cargo manifest. You know, yeah, what do you have coming on? Um, or they'll come out with special requests like, you know, hey, can you take it? I got two guys that are heading out on, on leave or something. Um, yeah, we got room. Come on, you know. Uh, and our motto in Chinooks was, you know, how many people can you fit in a Chinook? And, you know, one more. So um, comes out and says, hey, can you guys take a kid? Back to Bagram. And I was like, uh, what? You gotta take a kid back to Bagram. She's going, you know, she needs to go to, um, she's gonna be getting a procedure done uh, on her back or something. She had a spinal injury. And uh, so she couldn't walk. She couldn't walk. And um, so, you know, I called up to the front over the ICS, the intercom system, talked to the pilots, and uh, I was like, hey, you guys, you guys cool with, you know, taking a kid on board, bring her back to Bagram. 
Because, you know, you want to make sure, like, we're not going anywhere else that's sketchy, you know. Yeah. So, and that was, like, the first thing that popped in my head is, well, actually, it was just like, well, yeah, okay, of course. Um, but, so, she's being carried by her dad and her uncle or an interpreter, I guess they call him uncle or whatever, but, you know, I think he was just the interpreter. Because um, they didn't look anything similar, but, you know. Um, I assumed it was a relative. Um, but anyway, so we get on board and just watching this, this kid, you know, just her eyes are big and, and I, I'm distracted because there's a kid on my helicopter, you know, and it's not normal. Uh, we're in Afghanistan and so we take off and we're flying along and she's, she's craning her neck trying to, I was in the, the right, the right door in the front of the cabin and, you know, I was just, we were up at a high enough altitude where, you know, you can just kind of do my uh, observations out the right side, airspace surveillance, and uh, not really have to man man the gun. And so she's looking, and I'm like, well, I, you know, I, I look over to Dad, and I get his attention. I'm like, well, hey, you want to you wanna come bring her up here? You know, you could sit in this chair um, by the door. And, you know, he, he motioned, you know, he waved off. He was like, no. I said, okay, okay, you know, no big deal. And then, you know, I'm looking... I, you know, I look back out you know, out the cabin door and, and uh, my, I just had this overwhelming sense of like, oh my God, that was just like, that was the dumbest thing you could have done was like, why would you put a kid in the cabin? You know, I was like, no. Um, it just, it, it all sunk in where we were. Yeah. You know, it was like for a moment there, I, there was a kid in my helicopter. Yeah. And I got daughters at home and I'm like, oh, cool. You know, and it's her dad. And it was, it was just, it was kind of emotional for me. And, uh, but at the same time, it was it was a very rewarding um, experience. So yeah, that was one of my one of my fond memories uh, to take away, I guess. So it was cool. Yeah, that I mean that would that would be cool. I'm st- I still as an you know as an adult like looking looking out a plane window is a rewarding experience. So I mean yeah. I understand where like that would come from. I mean, she wasn't an infant, you know. I mean, yeah, she was yeah. You know, at least I think like, she looked like she was probably 10, 11 years old. It was yeah, like, you know, I'm not gonna let you dangle out the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so getting out of the military and everything, um, did you have a hard time eventually staying in one place, not traveling? Um, well, no, I'm still here. Um, but I mean, like, is it is no, it the, frustrating the wa- that you don't get to like go out of country ever? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I've always whether it was uh, whether it was sparked from just going on camping trips as a kid, uh, being a Boy Scouts, and going away from home. Um, I was I kind of feel like I was always in a just I'm just thinking about it right now. Um, kind of in a perpetual state of adventure. Yeah. You know, so there's always something um, that I was looking to go do. Um, there's always some place that I learned about that I wanted to go check out. So, um, like when I was a kid, we'd go on, you know, like Griswold family vacation kind of thing. <laughs> we'd load up in the station wagon and uh, drive from. Uh, the south suburbs to you know Niagara Falls 
and just driving there was an adventure um, because you know this was in the 1900 and <laughs> late 70s and 80s at this point, early 80s. Yeah, uh, mostly the 70s. Um, you know, if your your car just like nobody drove you know brand new cars every yeah. year. You know, we didn't our quality the quality of life back in the 70s was not what it is today. Um, so I mean, you're, you're lucky if you had a, a really good dependable car, and even if you did, you know. They're not today's cars. Something's going to break. Yeah. Uh, the radiator blows. The hose blows. Uh, the fan shroud was the one that hit us uh, going to Niagara Falls. We had this old, uh, not really too old, I guess, but it was a, a Ford Fairlane uh, station wagon, right? And uh, it had the the rumble seat in the back um, where you could sit backwards. And Oh, wow. That's very 70s. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so the fan shroud on... The fan that you know cooled the radiator um, had shredded or something happened to it, and um, we ended up in Battle Creek, Michigan, where the the Kellogg's cereal factory is, and like I guess I guess from what I can recollect was uh, we we just the car just wasn't going to make it much further. We had to stop and uh, get a get a fan shroud otherwise we're just going to keep overheating all the way to Niagara Falls and uh, so were we going to Niagara Falls or Manitoba that time hmm anyway um, what's really important was the adventure yeah the the destination so in Battle Creek we stopped we went to a like a like a Denny's or a diner kind of place um wasn't a Denny's, it was smaller. And the waitress, um, I guess my, my dad had asked, you know, if she knew a good mechanic uh, in the area that could fix the problem that we had with the car. And she said, well, yeah, my husband is, uh, is, a, is a mechanic, so I get off in a little bit if you guys want to wait, you know, follow me back to our place, and I'll introduce you, and maybe he can, he can fix you up. And uh, I cannot remember her name. But his name was Corky, um, and he Corgi like the dog. No, Corky. Corky. Yeah, like the like a cork. show back in the nineties. Um, yeah, like a cork. And he was missing his left leg from the knee down. I want to say, mm. and uh, so we had a prosthetic so that he could ride his motorcycle. But he was a pretty cool guy. Um, but you know that was that experience was very. Uh, very educational for me. Just that life experience was very valuable. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool. And it, the connection, I guess, that uh, our families had made, you know, that it actually carried on for a while. So like years down the road, they were passing through, heading down to, I don't know, Florida maybe. Yeah. And uh, so they passed through. And I guess Corky had remembered that I liked, uh, I was into models, model airplanes and stuff like that. So he uh, he had brought a little pack of model paints. You know, so That's that was, cool. That's cool. I mean, you wouldn't expect somebody to remember you, you know, when you're a kid. You don't. I don't know how I processed that, but it was it was just a really cool experience. So. That definitely doesn't happen nowadays, at all. It's the I mean the the down like 
the downfall of society is kind of the internet and social media and stuff where you wouldn't, your dad wouldn't have had to ask in today's time, where's the best mechanic? You just Google mechanic near me. So, yeah. So So you would have completely missed that connection. The need for those experiences aren't as, as prevalent. They're not as prevalent. That doesn't mean they're any less important though. Like I don't even, like I don't even know my neighbors. You know what I mean? Like, see, I see that's, um, hmm. that's a connection that you have on your street that I don't have here. Yeah. But you know, you can foster that. You could, you, I mean, but I don't, but I don't want to, you know what I mean? Well, like the guy across the street's pretty cool, mm -hmm. you know, but like surrounding, I'm not worried about anybody in my, in my immediate vicinity (laughs) listening. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen to my podcast. I talk shit about you. I look out my window every once in a while and you know, people are changing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no, like the people next door, like I've met them and Quinn's played with their son a couple yeah. times, but it's not like that connection's not there. And I don't care enough to nurture a connection that I don't immediately feel. I've never been one. I mean, this was the first place. This this house, you know, the, the house that I live in now is the first place. No, let me take that back because I've always been kind of sociable when it comes to that kind of thing, but well, you you you've always been able to speak to people, yes. And I've kind of developed over time to where I just don't care to speak to people. Well, you I know? mean, I don't just like go walk up to. Well, I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> You're always starting conversations out in public. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I just don't do that. You know. Yeah. People have done that with me, and I'll engage if they engage first, but. Most of the time, if I go to a store, it's because I have one purpose and I don't want to talk to anybody and I stand in line, you know, and, and you've always been one to call someone out on their bullshit. If it's like, if your kids are around and me, like the other day, the dog shit in front of my house on the road and Quinn was like, that's rude. And I was like, buddy, just, just leave it alone. Because I, if I was by myself, I probably would have told that dude, like, Hey, you should pick up your your dog's poop because that's nasty. Yeah. But because I have my kids with me, I don't know what kind of person he is. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know if he's gonna all of a sudden lash out, be like, "Oh, fuck you, motherfucker!" You know, like. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good uh, that's a good point. Sometimes you don't have to talk to everybody. well it you know it's but it's almost a fault now where like it's almost it's the hip thing to be uh an introvert you know what i mean i don't know i mean i i I don't experience that i I don't see it's it's a younger generation thing you know like it's where and i'm i'm probably gonna sound like a hipster here but i i myself i mean i'm pretty introverted you know i enjoy Staying home, I don't necessarily look forward to going out and doing things. You know, like going to a strongman competition, that was very much out of my comfort zone. But I cared enough about being a part of the sport to get out there. And and I could kind of pick out who was at their first competition and who wasn't because they were acting exactly like me. Uh, you know what you I mean? see their awkwardness. Yeah. Their- so I, I kind of latched onto those guys and was like, Hey, yeah. And there's actually uh, one guy that was in my weight class 
will be at the next competition. And then one of the guys that I kind of made friends with, two guys that I made friends with are going to be there as well. One of them in my weight class and one in another weight class. But, yeah, like, I... So so hopefully this is something you can... These are friendships that will actually... I'm really mutually beneficial for everybody, and you guys can run in this competition. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping so. Yeah. Well, I've only sent one of them a friend request on Facebook. I don't want to be too forward, right? You don't know, like you're hungry. Exactly. I don't want. I don't want to look desperate. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm. I'm just. I don't know. I'm really excited to be a part of the community in general. You know. Um. But. Like, um, one of the guys, I don't know if you remember, he was the really, like, did you see the tall blonde guy I was talking to at the competition? Yes. So there was one guy with brown hair that was taller than him. Mm-hmm. His name was, like, Nolan or something like that. Um, and after the stone lift, I was outside quoting strongman documentaries with him. Okay. Which is very, like, I don't run into too many people that can quote movies like I do. Well, if you go hang out with people that watch the same movies. Exactly. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but do they watch them as obsessively as I do? You know, I've always been the kind of person to watch the same movie over and over and over and over. Right. Like, I've watched Eddie Strongman probably countless times. Well, you know. People that, count, that, that quote The Office have probably watched, you know, more than once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, but it was just, it was kind of nice. Like, I don't feel like I necessarily fit in one particular place. Mm-hmm. So I, but I did feel like I fit in there. Well, that's good. You know, like, and it was just a really nice experience. So I'm, I'm as much as I'm not looking forward to the drive to the next competition or even, I, I don't like staying in hotels either. Um, I'm going to have to make sure I bring like my melatonin and some NyQuil to like really knock myself out. Yeah. Um, but the CPAP helps too. You know, like helps me focus on my breathing, mm-hmm. and I like assume this weird sleep position and uh, fall asleep pretty easy. So hopefully, I don't know, but um, it helps that everything is in Kentucky right now. Okay, you know, like the three competitions. Mm-hmm. So, but as the boys get older, and as um, I get deeper into it, I look forward to like going to other states. Yeah, you know, like we're, I was gonna do that one that was in Missouri. You know, Peyton was upset because she wasn't gonna be able to go, but you know, you and I were gonna go there. Okay, uh, but the competitor list was uh, full. Full. Yeah, but but I'm actually too though. I I'm glad that I switched uh, corporations, strong like the strongman federations, mm-hmm. because not that it I don't know that it necessarily will matter for me in the long run, but uh, strongman corporation. Um has like the, the I think it's I think it's it's Worldwide Strongman Corporation um they give out pro cards whereas the other strongman federation they only give out heavy uh, I mean uh sorry masters pro cards which is like 40 and older okay it's a, that's their own specific class mm-hmm. yeah so how do you how do you get to the what's the path to the big one can not even tell you Okay. Honestly, I think it's like the, the tour bus comes by. Um, not necessarily, but the but the the strongman competition with the invitation to the Arnold comes by. Uh, so like, there are different competition competitions that qualify you for different big uh, um, competitions. Mm-hmm. So 
there's some like this past one winning an open division weight class, you got an invite to the nationals. Okay. You know, in, in what federation? Worldwide Strongman Corporation. Okay. Yeah, and that's yeah. the Arnold class. The Arnold that they do the most man. stuff. Yes. So, so but so the, but but the Arnold is not nationals. No, the Arnold is the Arnold. Right. So you is that would, the one that uh, I don't know Thor the the big the giant guy. Is that the one in Eddie's Eddie? Uh, yes. Hall. But. But if you is that the Arnold that they win? So they already have their pro cards though. Like what are they winning? What are those the string? You know, they win money. There? No, no, no. What uh, what federation or organization is that? Worldwide. That's man? that's the federation I belong to. Well, okay. That's so what you, I have a membership so you join for. Join the right gang. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. 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 Okay, um. So I don't know how anyone else is pro in any other aspect. You know, like J.F. Karen or Brian, Shaw, you know, Brian Shaw, like. They're not listed as pro members on the Strongman Corporation, the Worldwide Strongman Corporation, but like Thor is, um, Mateus Kislikowski. So what are those other guys competing? I don't know. They have their pro card somehow. I just don't know through who. Okay. But like my third competition, if you win in an open division there, you get an invite to the 2022 um, Arnold amateur strongman okay. for your weight class. Okay. Um, so, so do you want to do that? Yeah, that'd be cool. That That's yeah. like a nice long-term goal. Yeah. You know, I don't expect to get there within two, three years even, you know, but, um, it's, it's a little insane the way that, um, just deciding I was going to compete change my mentality for lifting, you know, where I, I saw the, the list of events and I signed up for the competition and then immediately like I had the goal. Okay. I have to overhead press 250, which I didn't end up doing. Um, I have to be able to lift this. I have to be able to lift that. Like, you know, I knew that I had to do certain things and while like, I didn't complete my farmer's walk or the sandbag carry. I got a lot stronger. I got way stronger than I thought I would be able to, you know, because it it added that focus of like, not only was I dedicated to the lifting, but I was also dedicated to the recovery aspect of it all. And that plays a huge part as well. So it's not really, so you're adopted, basically you're, this is a long-term endeavor. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, which kind of sucks because I don't really necessarily like walking around at 250. But oh. I don't see myself being able to necessarily get much lighter. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be able to compete in the 231 division. That's just yeah. not... I mean, it was it was crazy for me to walk around at 185 when I was 20. Now it's crazy for me to think that I'll be below 230 ever again while I'm doing this. Yeah. You know, well, you just gotta. If you ever stop, you just gotta stop slow so you don't get, <laughs> get all flabby. Yeah, I know. Which I'm not too worried about getting flabby right now. Anyway, I don't think I'm big enough for that. Well, you got years ahead of you. Anyway. I do have years. Yeah, yeah. There was. Did you see the judge that was mostly like that was in my lane that I was competing in? The the big guy, super big guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's who's hosting the next competition that I'm going to. Okay. Yeah, he owns a gym in Frankfurt. Oh, very cool. Yeah, 24 hour something, mm-hmm. uh, but you know it's a, obviously a strongman gym, and 
Um, that's man, that's a big dude. Like if, if I had it's, like, it's kind of odd to describe the. Uh, well, I guess he was the biggest judge. So yeah, but to say uh, the big guy at the strongman competition, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, cool. I'm pretty sure he was stronger than like any competitor. Yeah, I would wager, hmm. or at least like he at one point was. Okay, you know, like it's. I feel like strongman and powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting, anything like that. It's kind of one of those things where, um you become a part of the, the the upper echelon of the sport after being vetted. You don't just come in and be a judge. Oh, yeah, you know no, what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So he... You got to go through a gang initiation. Pretty much. Yeah. You got to get the shit beat out of you, you for jumped in. a number of years. Yeah. You know? So I imagine that guy probably competed a lot himself. I don't... And I don't know if he has his pro card or anything like that, but... Mm. He, so like do you guys, what do you guys do when you get together? Then do you like whip your cards out and like show me your card? Yeah, like, are you pro? You're not pro, bro. Not pro. No, not pro. No, I'm not pro. Oh, uh, uh, you don't have a pro card yet. No, because you're not. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Okay, so, so, so I, I just kind of hang out with the novices right now. <coughs> okay. Eventually, I, I. It's not even I. It's not even I hope. It's like I know one day I will compete in the open. Mm-hmm. Whether or not I go pro ever. I'm not necessarily ready to dedicate to that. Yeah. You know, it's not like when I was like, I'm a professional skateboarder and oh, I sucked yeah. at skating. <laughs> like, but man, you could definitely kick flip and, and I couldn't you know, kick flip. No, I could, I could, I could, could, could Ollie, you I could, could Ollie, I could varial. You were trying rail slide board. No, I could board slide. I could 50, 50, five Oh, yeah. you know, I could so drop in. almost there. I was almost there. We were just probably putting Except, about another fifteen hours a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but but that's that is where going back to skating, mm-hmm. I've landed stuff that I didn't land when I was younger. Yeah, because I understand. Yeah. I, I understand dedication now. And, and you have a, probably a little less fear too, less less trepidation. I have a little bit like, more fear now. Really? Yeah. The the severity of me falling is a lot more serious now mm-hmm. because. Falling when you're 130 pounds versus 250 is a lot different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I haven't actually skated since I've been 250, but I skated when I was 230, mm-hmm. and that was very weird. <coughs> like falling, even like Peyton took a video of me uh, doing whatever, like skating with Quinn, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just looking, I was like, man, I look dumb. I look dumb on a skateboard because I'm too big. Yeah, kind of like a big old bear riding a tricycle. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like I was wearing shorts and I got really big legs and yeah, you know, yeah. half shirt. That was but that was before I uh, shaved my head and grew a beard. <laughs> so put your bathroom on. I was just really chubby with no beard. Yeah. So you know, whatever. <laughs> so you're but you're more afraid of falling. I would, I would not afraid. Not afraid. Understanding of what would what will happen. Having a better, a more uh, respectful res- respect for gravity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it kind of pisses me off when I fall now. Like I'll be in here in the garage, and like if it's really messy, if I've really fallen behind on like the upkeep, um, I'll trip over something. Like I've tripped over something. And like, kind of did like the big guy, like, oh, oh, oh. yeah. And uh, I hit the ground, and I was like, that shouldn't happen. Like, it just feels wrong. 
Hmm. Like I don't know how recently you've fallen by accident, but well, for me it's not. I don't. I'm. I, I'm. I'm pretty agile, uh, nimble. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Cat. You do have um, a natural predilection for being uh, athletic, like as far as like agility goes. Okay. Um, well, I have been apparently messing with myself because I like to walk around the house in the dark. And, I like uh, to do that too. But I, I moved the kitchen. <laughs> I moved the kitchen. <laughs> so I had scooted the kitchen table. Just looked because I'm like, you know what? Shit, I need a little bit more room. <laughs> I need some more room for activities in here. <laughs> so I moved the kitchen table just a touch, right? And uh, to, to go from, uh, to you know, cut through the, the dining room to the bathroom, I, I've got the route memorized. I could do it. You know, I, could, <laughs> I, I could literally be blind and make my way around my house. I'm okay. But uh, that's because I know where everything is yeah. until I move it. And then it, you know, I'm, so I'm banging my hip. You know, I'm like, oh, so, oh, that was me. Okay. <laughs> you know, I can't get mad at anybody because I moved it. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, no, to the fear of falling thing it, uh, and, and weight being the issue. Um, you don't I, have I don't issue. have a fear of heights. Yeah, right? I do. But I've learned that I do have a fear of heights if I'm not attached to something. Okay. Right? Because I was used to flying with a with a tail. Except for that time that you sat on the bay, on the, not clipped. I sat on the ramp without my head. <laughs> and you only, you, do, you only do that once or three times. <laughs> and when, you're, when you're, what, like a thousand feet in the air? Uh no, actually, those some of those are like five hundred feet in the air. Like you're, you're That's not. You could survive that fall, possibly. No, nah, you uh, can't. But not at that speed. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we you know riding around the in the hills, and uh, yeah. Anyway, and what's what's the Chinook top speed? Oh, fast, fast. Yeah, like I think once uh, I haven't read. I haven't. You probably can't put it. it it's like one hundred and seventy-five knots. I was gonna say you recommended max air speed, but. Um, I I know that it can do at least 195. Jesus, 200 knots. I don't even know the knots that's measurement that. to miles, but like that's a, that sounds like a lot. Yeah, um, I I don't remember what the conversion is to knots to from knots to miles per hour, but um, yeah, it's I think it's the fastest helicopter in the army inventory. I think I think I have read that somewhere, so I could be wrong. Maybe they made something faster. It's been a long time. That is true. um, You have been retired for, what, 10 years now? Yes. Yeah, you got out when I was 16, I think. I think I was driving. Maybe Uh, I was 15. No, you were driving up in New York. Was I? At least you were practicing. I think I was practicing because I remember still feeling like a really little kid tagging along with you to turn in all your gear. Nope. Uh, no, no, no. I felt like a little kid. I wasn't oh, like a yeah. little kid, but I felt like a little kid. Yeah. You're just a little guy. Well, I hit, a, I hit a different stride when I turned 16. I think I had a different bout of confidence that eventually deteriorated. Hmm. But <laughs> anyway, um, falling. Yeah, so I've actually like started to shake it a little bit more. You know, being able to just, well, for, It was difficult getting on top of a, like a fourth-story roof. For the first yeah. time in a long time. Like, I haven't climbed a tree in I don't know how long. And I miss climbing trees. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, maybe we should start a tree climbing club. Maybe. But, um, yeah, anyway, being the 
one of the lighter guys uh, that I usually associate with. I, I'm usually the one that's doing the light guy <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So I'm the roof guy. I like it. So. No, I, I don't. I've, so I've been on a roof in the past two years probably, which Grammy's moved now from her house, but I was cleaning out her gutters and her roof and whatnot. Yeah. And um, getting down was always the issue. When I first did it, she got upset. She's like, you didn't tell me you're afraid of heights. I was like, well, I didn't. It doesn't matter. Like, you needed your roof cleaned off. See, I don't. you guys didn't grow up jumping off of roofs, did you? I jumped out of trees in New York. Yeah. Which, like, as, even though it was only a year, like, that you're stuck with me forever. Yeah. You know? So, that, that was one of the most, like, ideal places to be as a child, I think. Like, if we would have stayed in Fort Drum from the time I was however old till mm-hmm. you retired, that would have been perfect because there was kids around. Yeah. You know, we never that, lived. That was a good, that was a good, uh, <clears throat> that was a good area. Yeah. We never, well, we never lived on post here in Clarksville. No. So we didn't live on Fort Campbell ever, nope. you know? So it's life is a lot different on post. It, I imagine it's more akin to how you grow, grew up, you know? Uh, like yeah, when, I guess like, so. There was this like a sense of security. Like there, there was enough. I, I kind of get that because I don't know, we could run around our neighborhood just because it was you know a community. Yeah, um, most people knew everybody, somebody in the neighborhood. You know, there was yeah. always at least so many connections in the neighborhoods. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and plus, but you also had the, the, the I guess. That gave you the freedom to go and be a little more mischievous. Yeah. Well, and that's what we did in New York. Yeah. And and it it's different. Like, like on Jeff and Tracy Street, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of neighborhood kids. And they're all kind of shitheads. You know what I mean? So, like, I would never let Quinn play with those kids. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, like, they're running around without shoes and stuff. And It's Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you don't have to live up to the stereotype. Well, no. I mean, it's... Uh... I don't know. I I feel com- I like walking around without shoes on. I enjoy it too, but when you're a kid and you don't know any better, it's a little bit different. You know what I mean? Huh. I don't know. I, I disagree. I I don't. I, I think we should do away with shoes in general, unless you absolutely need to wear them because it's just better for your feet. To it is better for your feet. I agree, but um, protection I mean, nine wise, out of, nine out of ten doctors. So. Pr- protection wise, it's not right. You know what I mean? And. Well, it, Asphalt is not a natural thing. So that's a good point. Yeah. Um, but in, I I think, and I don't, I don't know any of these parents necessarily. I know that I disagree with them letting their three year olds run around unsupervised, you know, you gotta, you gotta teach them to be independent young. Right. Yeah. Um, but there's a certain level of parenting that goes into military families a lot of times, you know? So, not only were we like, it's different with these kids as in the civilian world where a lot of times if your kid does whatever they want, it's probably because you just are a lazy parent. Whereas on post, yeah. when we ran around, there was that security because it was on post. We all had military families. We all had, you know. There was a fence around stru- the whole place. There was yeah. fe- a fence around the whole place. There was structure in the households. You know what I mean? So it was okay to let us run around in the woods yeah. and go to the creek and because we had enough sense to not do really dumb shit. You know what I mean? 
So it, it, I kind of that, but that's why. Oh, I didn't tell you. Um, we got Quinn signed up for Harris Holt. Oh, very cool. Yeah, so we go there on Monday. All right. Uh, yeah, it'll be nice. To, that, that's why I want to get the boys involved in like group activities. Yes. Because to socialize. Yeah, because none of these kids around like, you know, mm. it's. It, I, I hate feeling like a pretentious parent, but it's like you want the best for your kid. And he can make his own poor friend decisions when he's in school. Okay. You know? Yeah. So, but as of right now, at four years old, I'm not going to... There's like certain... I'm, I'm, no, you're not going to play with that kid. His cousin's right at the street. Yeah. You know? So go play with your cousin. <laughs> like that's and, true. I mean, it, yeah, that's I used to. That is really cool. Uh, that was a cool part about my childhood was. Well, plus we had the I, I don't know hell, even we were my closest cousin was Mikey, and uh, Mike, Adam, and Kim, and they were next town over in South Holland. And then Joe and Jason were up in Lansing or Cal City for a bit. So. You had a good bike. You could you just go ride and hang out with your cousins. That's crazy. That was that was fun. That's that's really crazy. And, and you know, it's just a matter of following a because Chicago's laid out, <clears throat> the whole area's laid out in perfect grid pattern. Yeah. You know? So you can just as long as you just stick on the sidewalk. I you know, I used to ride from ride my either my bicycle or my skateboard from Dalton all the way to Thornton, just down to miles. Just to go, you know, work for my uncle Sonny on the weekend or something. That's insane. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I feel like that Chicago though, like where you grew up, because it was Chicago, right? No, it was Dalton. But uh, I mean, like it was south, a suburb of Chicago, south suburbs. So, so like, it's not the South Side proper. You know, it's it, you're right. South of 142nd Street. You know, we we're suburban kids. Yeah, kids, but that's the benefit to growing up in an area like that. You know, where like. That's sort of that's a good place to be from, but it's not a good place to just move to. Oh no, never no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's kind of like that with every well, know. you know with the so, surrounding areas of like New York and Las Vegas and stuff. Like you don't necessarily want to move to those places, but being from there is cool. Sure, yeah, I I, I get that because um, you're you're integrated into that lifestyle from birth, right? You know. Like I used to think that I wanted to live in New York City when well, I was a kid. Communities change though; just the the they grow, you know, and just, just yeah. by growth, uh, things will never be the way they used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just, you start to crowd out, um, polite behavior in some cases. Yeah. Um, it's just, you're just too close and too just crowded, but yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll peek back at, uh, you know, some of the, I don't know spots we used to hang out like the one of the one of the fields that we used to ride. They had trails, uh, the Blackstone trails, and we'd go hang out in the in the woods there, and you know, I'd just hang out, guys hanging out, riding, uh, you know, riding our bikes, doing jumps on the trails, uh, you know, starting a little fire, you know, and just sitting around the fire and BS and looking for old playboys hidden in the woods and stuff. And yeah. Just, you know, guys. Finding, finding bottles to break. Yeah. Breaking stuff. Uh, you know, like, Oh, Hey, I brought my, I brought my space shuttle model that, you know, it, it broke. So let's blow it up. <laughs> yeah. Know? We, we did that too in New York. Yeah. Um, 
like a TV that was just sitting on the side of the curb to get picked up by the trash people. We took it in the woods and smashed it, yeah. you know, and I think I, I don't and I don't know. I think one time we found a dead body and I and I don't say that like lightly, like at, upon like internal reflection, we found a, a like a like a weird gravestone mm-hmm. one time. Like it was had a cement block and then it was a metal plate sticking like this. Mm-hmm. And it could have been for like a Halloween decoration for like something that they did like maybe they did a haunted woods thing sure. one time. Yeah. But there was a leftover prop. Right. But it sure. was like there was a, a mound in front of that. Mm-hmm. It was a, and thinking now like it doesn't make sense that someone who killed somebody would like leave a gravestone like that. But good point. But yeah. what what was it? I will I'll never know because we were scared to like dig up. Yeah. You know because it was there was rocks and stuff on top of it and like rocks and dirt and whatnot, but it was piled up in like at the shape well, of plus, a body. Plus uh, as a kid, you know, your imagination gets going and uh, still I would be nervous to dig that up. You know what I mean like Yeah. Like fuck, what is it? So we just kind of like we took the gravestone mm-hmm. and we would play with that and we would like write stuff and rock on it and then brush it away and then with, uh, it with a possible dead body right there. No, no, no. We no. took the we took the gravestone away from the. Oh, yeah. So that nobody would ever find their. Maybe, yeah. We I think we ended up taking it to the tree house. <laughs> yeah. um, it reminds so, me of an episode of the Brady's. You know, the Brady Bunch, where uh, they come back from Hawaii with a cursed little tiki doll thing. Do they? Yeah. Well, I don't know what happened to that gravestone. So I wouldn't be bringing the bad juju with you. You know what I mean? Well, Bring I did. Back to your clubhouse. Like, well, you know, we had we had our stronghold where we kept our sticks for the stick wars. Yes. And we had the tree house where we had mostly Nerf wars. And I would uh, kiss Ariel. Yeah. <laughs> we, had, uh, we had gangs. Um, we we did too. We were South Lewis Army. We had. Uh, there was I think there was only five of us. I think it was in fifth grade. I don't remember if I told you this or we were. We were the, the aces. I think we were the aces. Whoa! Yeah, we had jean jackets and uh, had you know aces written on the back. Cause we Shit, were, we were pretty badass. But yeah. Apparently, like only those of us that were in the gang were, were like the only members of the gang, like the five of us, and uh, everybody else decided like it, there was an entire half of a class that was just like, well, we're our own gang. We're bigger than you, so <laughs> like. Like we didn't try to start a gang fight or anything, but I guess they were upset that we had started a gang, so they were going to counter our gang with their own gang. It was like we just wanted to—we just wanted to be in a gang. Warriors, you know? <laughs> exactly. You know, we just wanted to be the aces or the jets or whatever. Like, you know, I don't know, you snap your fingers, run around, playground. You're like, hey, but uh, yeah. So that was a short-lived gang. Uh, we closed the chapter, yeah, pretty early. So we yeah, didn't make it out. Of, we didn't make it out of fifth grade. That sucks. Yeah. We, you know, they, not not all of them succeed, though. You know, um, I'm sure the Bloods and the Crips started off, you know, some playground shit, and then it was they, actually they just kind of popped off. Have you watched that documentary, The no, Bloods and the maybe. Crips? I don't know. Directed by Stacy Peralta. Mm, probably not. I think you did watch maybe it with me. Um, it did start out like that, though. Back, it was back like in our gangster days. <sighs> yeah, back when yeah. it was me, you, and Antonio. Yep. Yeah. Um. And we could binge an entire series in a weekend. Yeah. Yeah, that was real hood. Pretty gangster. Um, 
but basically like the bloods and the crips started out like it was any you know how any gang back in the day back in the 50s a lot of it started from african americans not being or you know black people not being allowed in the like the boy scouts and the cub scouts and stuff like that um during segregation time Hmm. um so they would start their own clubs essentially and then they would you know end up talking there there was no guidance with it you know what i mean so it was just kind of kids running rampant where like you had your troop in the boy scouts they had their gang you know they were the the bloods Oh. And and that was their group, and they yeah, would. It wasn't like an organized. It wasn't a, a nonprofit organization. It was not a nonprofit organization. No, no, no. But that's how it started out. Was because the the rejection from a, a, a nonprofit organization, hmm. they would start their own groups, and inadvertently, like it wasn't meant to turn into something that was violent, where you know thousands of people die every year because of this gang violence. That's what it turned into because of there was no oversight, you know, but. Yes, it did I, start. I had to it, dig a little bit deeper into gang history. Well, it did start out as playground yeah. shit. Like to your point, it did start out as playground shit. Okay. So it was like whenever before the guns got introduced into it, it was, you know, well if you're if you're talking shit, then come fight me. Like tell them I'm gunning for them. Well, yeah. Well, so we'd, we'd fight after school. Exactly how yeah. how you would it escalated <clears throat> because it was allowed to. There was well, no. Yeah, I understand how gangs like grow and everything, but the. Um, it's just I don't know. We we didn't make it to the gun level. Uh, no, of course we had, not. We had knives, you know. Oh, that's they weren't even they weren't even really like good <laughs> knives, you know. But, well, you know, you, getting stabbed is getting stabbed. Well, we weren't gonna stab anybody with them. It's just the fact that you had one. It was like, well, you know, hey, you're in a gang, you gotta have a knife. I guess I just I was never in a gang. I had a stick. Yeah, I had a, I had a bow staff. I guess I, I've kind of always gravitated towards gangs with the aces and then boy scouts and, and then the army that, yeah. that was a good gang yeah so. did you have e4 mafia whenever you were in the i don't think we called it that you didn't call it that know. yeah no that's like a new like millennial thing i guess being called e4 mafia yeah why is that because people sit at e4 for so long they don't get brought to the board no it's kind of a uh i think because it's it's a sweet spot oh okay um it's kind of that sweet spot where you know some some people like to hang out because it's you, you get just enough uh, you know, like freedom, you know, um, latitude to just kind of operate. Yeah, but with like very little responsibility. Gotcha. So like that's where you don't want to be hanging out there. You know, it's not your. It's like it's too, you don't want to fall into that comfort zone. It's 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 the epitome of mediocrity. Yep. Gotcha. But like. It's a transition point. If you can't make it past that, then it's time to, you know, just maybe think about other things. See you later. With your life. Yeah. Um, but then again, if if you're just doing, you have no intentions of making a career out of it, and that's yeah. a, a good spot to hang out, then hey, you, you could learn a lot in that position. It gives you a lot of latitude to learn. Definitely. Did you ever find it weird people joining the military with no intention of making a career out of it? Because I feel like no. it's a big life decision. No. Um, I understood like I, well, when I first, when I enlisted, I was dumb. I was like, you know, 17, but I was like, so can I just sign up for 20 years? And he was like, no, no, man, I see, you know, you got <laughs> it doesn't work like that. I'm like, well, I want to retire from the army. And they're like, well, yeah, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> okay. Um, but no, I understood the guys, you know, cause 
aviation had a had a six year minimum contract, and like the com- a lot of the combat arms uh, MOSs uh, had two. It depends on. Like, Is it two? Of, I thought it was four. Well, there's two year and four year contracts. Okay. Um, like some aviation guys, some Chinook guys got four year contracts at, at, during certain points when you're doing cutbacks or. Yeah, you know, yeah. When uh, you're not in like uh, obvious wartime. Or just just the change in the in the administrations. Yeah. Change their priorities, and you know, it's like, all right, we gotta, you know, kind of trim the fat, or hey, it's time to time to you know boost up the troops, so they'll. You know, up the budget or whatever, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So no guys that or you know, people that do the minimum, just their contract, they accomplish it. Yeah, and yeah. They, they said they were going to do four years. They did four years. No, because it, 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 for a lot of people, it's just uh, like like going to trade school. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a it's a very well funded and structured trade school. Yeah, you, know, you can learn how to be a welder. You can well, get, and they they can get a GI bill. A water welder. Yeah, you know, you, I mean uh, that's a extremely that, profitable. Oh yeah, cousin Christian was uh, he was that that's a tough that's a tough school. Double O Bravo uh, diving school, but he had uh, he was going through that when he first joined. So yeah, I mean, was he always in National Guard or was he active no, duty? Yeah, he was active. Um, so it was kind of cool because I was on a trip in Jacksonville, Florida. I think I went to the Dunker, the Dunker School, or you know, little training thing in uh, Jacksonville. And or no, at Jax, where it was Pensacola. There it was. It was Pensacola, and Christian was. I can't even remember where the school was, but I drove on down to when he was in AIT. Went and hung out with him for a bit. Oh, cool. nice. So, yeah, a lot of the guys I know that got out already, they did four year contracts, Mm -hmm. got out when we were 22 and stuff. It's not, uh, I don't know. I, I, I've been out of it for so long now that I don't know what the culture is like there. Yeah. Um, So I think that has a lot to do with whether or not somebody will stay in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't necessarily, um, I'm not upset anymore about the fact that I got denied mm-hmm. service. You well, know, I'm not, I'm not either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think it would have been a cool experience. Air, you know, Air, obviously Air Force over the Army because of the treatment of, you know, like you get better shit when you're in the Air Force. You know, higher quality. Well, uh, I mean, we can agree to disagree on that. Well, I don't they, necessarily they get, know. They may get treated better, but I'll tell you there's a lot. I think it's more... Uh, I think the army is just a more rewarding branch just because you, you do get to, you get some good stuff, but you also get to go, you know, live in the dirt and burn your own crap. Oh yeah, for sure. I think that's a, who doesn't like, you know, we used to like burn our own poop, you know, on the, in the drums. I mean, I think that's a experience worth having. Absolutely. You know, but, um, in the air force, they got people to do that for them. Exactly. I don't like that. (laughs) I mean, it, it's definitely like the branch you would want your kid to go into. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, but I get to see my kids every day. Yes. You know, I get to come home and for better or worse, be a parent. Yep. You know, so. And and that is why I did what I did. So you could do what you're doing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that was honestly, that was my mindset. Um, 
at least when when you were talking about joining, I was like, no, why would you do that? <laughs> you know, I, I I put in my time so that you didn't have to. Yeah. So well, it no, was no, just that was my mindset. Well, I mean, I'm sure the same thing that you felt where you were just like, I have to do this. Like there was no other option. You couldn't sure. see yeah. how there could how your life could go any other way. That's how I felt. Okay. You know. So then when I got denied, I was like, well, what the fuck am I gonna do now? And then I wasted my time away at college. You know, not doing a damn thing except smoking weed and, you know, hanging out with my friends. Yeah, I, I wasn't very happy about you smoking that marijuana. Stuff. Yeah, I'm sure you weren't. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, I got my job at Train and I tried to join the Air Force and that didn't work out either, which I thought for sure it would, which makes me even more pissed that I sewed up my damn ears. No, I think. No, I wish I still had my gauges. I thought about getting them back. I can't, I looked it up, I can get them back. Yeah. I just worry that it would make it look like I'm trying to hold on to the past. I don't like to look like that. Yeah. You know? So I don't, I'm cool <clears throat> with not getting piercings necessarily. I want more tattoos, obviously. But it's, it's weird how the tattoos also take a back seat when sure. it comes to like, Absolutely. when it comes to like what I actually want to do. Yeah. You know? I, where, was on a, I was on a streak where I was getting, like when I was younger, like, oh, I got to get like one tattoo every year. Was, you know, I'd get one tattoo a year. Yeah, you it's know, well. Just kind of like getting a fix. I don't want random tattoos. Like no. I was gonna get a tattoo this year around like for my birthday, but I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't have any solid idea. Like I want to finish my post leave, mm -hmm. but I don't know what other stories I want to put on my arm. So if I'm not a hundred percent sure, you haven't. Not all your stories have been written yet, so. Well, I'm, but I'm saying like no post stories. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, oh, okay. I haven't okay. read all of his stuff, so I don't. I'm not gonna dedicate to anything if I'm not entirely sh like 100 percent on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, am I gonna look? I'm never gonna look back on this piece and be like, "That's dumb," because sure. I threw in subliminal stuff where like, if you're a Poe reader, you know about the hot air balloon story. Hmm. You know what I mean? So that's why I put that over the moon. Um, yeah. so, you know, well, I like my drag, one of my, one of my dragon tattoos. Cause you know, when I was young, I was in you know, I felt like a dragon, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah. I, um, not, not all my tattoos have meanings, but they, uh, they all have a story. Oh no. Sure. I mean, my death eater tattoo doesn't have a meaning per se, but you uh, know, I would, yeah. I mean, I've been into Harry Potter since I was four, so it was fitting possibly, you know? So the the one thing I thought about the whole time where you just like I told you I was gonna get that tattoo and you were like, so that's who you're gonna be, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and just be Darth Vader? <laughs> well, the the shitty part too is there was a guy at work who I don't necessarily favor. Um, he saw my tattoo and he was like, "Yup, that's the exact tattoo I'm gonna get one day." And I was like, "Fuck, <laughs> that's yeah. awful." Like that's one of the worst things that like you could have said to me just now. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I think I think it's actually it's kind of funny that you bring up the. So I, I guess you always kind of gravitated towards uh, like Darth Vader was the cool guy and yeah, I've always liked bad guys. Yes, yeah. uh, which which I always found perplexing because you know I was a Boy Scout. You know I was I was in a <laughs> I was in a religious cult when I was a kid. Yeah, you know? um, and. I was like, you got to be the good guy. You, you got to root for the good guy. You know, it's Luke Skywalker, of course, he's the good guy. Well, that's guess, the thing is like, I oh, get. Oh, Cobra Kai is a good example of 
who's really the bad guy. You know, so right. maybe well, Darth Vader was a good guy. I don't he's know. not he a really good guy. Good. Darth Vader's not a good guy. He had a rough childhood, though. He, mm, he did. Yeah, he was yeah. kind of a slave for a bit. He was, yeah, but, you know, what's his name? Treated him pretty well. You know? Yeah. Um, but Qui-Gon or the... No, the, the, the flying... The Quado guy, whatever. Yeah, no, if that was his name. Oh, that Yeah, which... I don't know. I feel like they're making some racial references there. Uh, he was a, <laughs> so he's supposed to be like an ignorant immigrant. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. They, they really made that whole that whole episode one was very insulting to just, just <laughs> Star Wars in general. I think so. Okay. I don't, and I don't like the third trilogy either. None of them really. I don't like any of them. Huh. Like the Last Jedi, that one. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like, I, what was it? What was the Rise the eight, of Skywalker? The eighth movie. Was that the Rise of Skywalker? No, no, that was the Last Jedi. Was the Force Awakens was number six or number seven? Okay. The Last Jedi was yeah. number uh, eight. No, well, yeah. the Rise of Skywalker was the last one. Yeah, it was number nine. Okay. So number eight, when and if to anybody listening who has not seen number eight, sorry, um, but when Kylo killed. Supreme Lord Snoke, mm-hmm. with that very simple use of the Force. That was ridiculous. That was stupid. That was really, really dumb to me. Like yeah. the Force Awakens was pretty good. It was, it, it was, it was decent enough. Um, but I don't like how in the first in in the in the episodes one through three, Anakin almost doesn't even get accepted into the uh, Jedi Order as as a Padawan. Because they say he's too old, even though he has a just ridiculous amount of midichlorian running through his veins. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and uh, it was actually made canon that the Emperor was his dad. And that his mom... It, the Emperor put Anakin in, her, in his mom through right. the Force. So he's a manifestation of the Force. Okay. Right? So then, but then you get to... Initiated it, by the Emperor. Exactly. By Palpatine. Yes. So okay. so Palpatine had that goal the entire time to make him a Sith Lord. Right. It was it was biblical. It was divine intervention, essentially. Okay. Um, but in the original trilogy, Obi-Wan just kind of grabs Luke and is like, Mmm, the force. And then he teaches him. And the same thing happens in The Force Awakens. You know, like Luke has Padawans. As younglings, you know, but then Ray comes along and she ends up being, I haven't seen the last movie, but I know she's Palpatine's daughter. Yeah. Um, So that would make her like Darth Vader's sister, weirdly enough. Half, yeah, half sister. Half sister, which would make her Luke's aunt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Teach me, nephew. Um, But, uh... She's a full-grown adult, you know? And all of a sudden, like, she's just a powerful Jedi. Like, she yeah. she beat the shit out of Kylo Ren in The Force Awakens, and he's a Sith Lord. Like, Kylo Ren is powerful. Right. You know what I mean? And he has all the traits of a very powerful Sith Lord where he lets his emotions run him, and he stops a laser mid-air before it, like, right. hit, what's the name? Like, the, the dude in the beginning, I can't remember his name. Uh, Finn's friend, uh, mm. the one who is the original owner of BB-8. Um, okay. He stops uh, something that doesn't even necessarily have mass. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's very, very powerful. Sure. And and then Ray comes in and just destroys him. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, you just gotta get with the program. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just think it was poor writing, honestly. Uh, I think it was political writing. I think. I mean, I agree. It was. It was. No, it was virtue. Posturing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, okay. it was. It I'm, was, I'm just going to come on and say it. I think, and, I, and I've actually, well, I've picked up on a trend. Obviously, I think a lot of people picked on a trend. There's there's a very, like a, so we're almost kind of like overdoing it. It was it was an overbolstering for a strong female lead. Yeah. It was very in and, your face. And I like, I like the, I like the movies or shows that have a strong female lead, but you don't realize that, like, you don't notice that. Like WandaVision. Where mm. it was, it seemed natural for Wanda to be the strong female lead. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. That was very, very yeah. natural. Or like Black Widow or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But um, that was, but with Ray just kind of like being forced. If, if yeah. it seemed kind of forced. And they kind of, and they kind of like. Um, it's like, hey, you understand the message that we're sending, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's loud and clear, right? Yeah. Okay. Like, and her hair, they kind of tried to make it more stupid than Princess Leia's, you know? Well, that was just the style at the time, right? But like, Carrie Fisher, and, was, and Carrie Fisher in, was hot, and they're in a galaxy far, far away. They so are their hair a trends. long, long time ago. That that makes it even even more bizarre. Yeah, that it was so long ago. Yeah, uh, a long, long time ago. Uh, I feel like that's really good for the imagination, though. Making it a long, long time ago in a galaxy so far, far away, far, far away. Yes, um, in a galaxy far, far away. So you also you have time and distance. Yes, which is. But <clears throat> that, I think that helps the imagination run a little bit wild. You know what I mean? Because Be- it's so far from possible. What's possible, possible reality? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's okay to say like, "Hey, wait a minute, that's kind of dumb. how can you stop a laser beam in the air?" Well, you're in a fucking galaxy far, far away. Yeah, so maybe where, that's how it works. Where a midichlorian exists. So it's not even the same galaxy as our galaxy, which is insane because the closest galaxy for us is like a couple hundred thousand light years away. So the possibility of that story—it's actually—it's like actually possible. Yeah, sure, why not? Because why not? that's the concept of infinity. Outside of using the Force, uh, really nothing magical happened in Star Wars, right? No, I mean it's all based it's, on possible, like you know. Yeah, which. I mean, if you look at like someone like Swami Rama, who could control parts of his body from breathing, you know what I mean? Mm. It would make sense that there's a, a, a reality in a galaxy far away where they could harness the force. Do you... Okay, so I started to watch um, the show The Orville with Seth MacFarlane. I I don't know that I've heard of that. It's like it's it's uh, his take on like a Star Wars or a Star Trek. Yes, yes, yeah. I did. Okay, so there. Uh, what's the name of their ship? Uh, I don't know. The Orville. Eh, the name of the ship. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but uh, so at first I was like, okay, make me laugh, funny man. You yeah, know? <clears throat> I expected to be you know just like all right, this is gonna be like some some Ted humor or uh, Family Guy kind of stuff. But, yeah. Um, he was. They were actually able to make a very interesting storyline, and the the issues that they dealt with on the ship were much more, you know, representative of real people issues that you know 
Yeah. Uh, that uh, it's kind of, I don't know. They, they all, I guess they have the formula figured out for creating shows that, that grab you, but uh, I thought it was well written. Well, the show. Cleveland show failed, but, you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know. I don't know. I, I was not paying attention when that one came out. Have you watched any Rick and Morty? I have. How did you uh, like it? So, I'm looking at season one-ish right now. Somewhere in one. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. No. Yeah, it's still season one. Um, I find it funny. That's definitely a show. That's good that you find it funny in the first season. Yeah. Because when I first watched the first episode, I was like, what is this dumb shit? Like, I hated how Morty was always whining, mm-hmm. you know? But it's one of those shows where, like, South Park kind of grows on you. Yeah. You know, where now Cartman... And I, I haven't watched any recent epi- like seasons of South Park, but mm. where Cartman becomes a, a developed character instead of screw you guys, I'm going home. Yeah, Morty becomes more than just Rick's lackey. You know what I mean? Like he becomes a developed character with his own thoughts. And I think a character that's really uh, good to appreciate in that show is Jerry, because he's a very uh, the dad. Yeah, he's the, a very realistic character. To get thrown into adventures or the the bullshit that is living with the smartest man in the universe, which is Rick. Rick is the smartest man in the universe. Mm. Yeah, um, I think I'm. I left off the episode where uh, Morty convinces Rick to let him get the uh, sex robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah that one. Line. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. That's I, I, I don't think I, I think I zoned out or got distracted doing something else during yeah. the episode. But so I don't remember the whole episode. But that's that's the one I left off on. So I'm gonna have to revisit. But yeah, it was a it, it's a pretty interesting show. But I'll, I'll, I'll flip. I I've stopped myself from uh, I don't I try not to binge anymore. You know, I try, I, I try to limit my episodes now. You know, turn them into. You know, because like back back in the 1900s, we had to wait. Yes, you know that delayed yeah. gratification. Uh, you had to wait till Thursday for the next. You know, well, I had to do that too, in the early 2000s. Yeah, with the cart, you know, cartoons around Saturday. And, I missed that. Yeah, Digimon. Yep. Yeah, it, it kind of took all the fun out of cartoons. Um, I I disagree because I watch a lot of cartoons. Mostly, yeah. So the most, cartoons were getting so they get abused. But most I would say most of what I watch is cartoons. I don't watch any real people shows. Okay. I don't watch any live action shows. Okay. I cuz I watch Adventure Time with Quinn, regular show with Quinn, Gravity Falls with Quinn, The Mighty Ones, like mostly what I watch with my son. Yeah. But he watches Curious. I'll watch Curious George with him if I like if he really wants to watch Curious George. If he's like, "Yeah, I want to watch Curious. I'm okay, whatever." But I watch shows that we can enjoy together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there it's not fun if one of us is just miserable. True. Just like I'm not gonna make him sit through Napoleon Dynamite. Um I tried I mean, no, I tried what age. I tr- like, at you four. have to make him sit down and watch it though. At once at, at some point, but at four, it's that's not the time. Yeah. All the humor is gonna go over his head. Well, absolutely. But um But he can uh but maybe show him clips of like maybe the dance. Yeah. You know, so he can at least benefit from that. And he can get some dance moves. Yes. Yeah, he's a dancer. Yes. Um But um what was what was it that you said that I was disagreeing with? You said cartoons 
Oh, uh, Kara takes the ma- well, it didn't re- it takes the magic out of him. I think because cartoons were something that you look forward to. It was like, oh shit, Saturday's coming, and I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna go get a bowl of cereal. I'm gonna sit my ass in front of the TV and I'm gonna watch the Justice League. Yeah, you know, or, or whatever it was that was coming out. So yeah, you you're so Digimon. that's mm-hmm. where I made it a nightly thing with me and Quinn when we were watching through Adventure Time the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was at night before he would go to bed. We'd watch an 11 minute episode of Adventure Time. Yeah, you know what I mean. So instead of it being a weekly thing, we just made it a nightly thing. Okay. And now, like he woke up this morning. I mostly watch. I watch anime in the morning. I fell into a binge myself where. I'm trying to get caught up on Attack on Titan so that I can be excited with everyone else yeah. for because you still have to wait for all the episodes of Attack on it's it's a running anime yeah you so know? that's that's where you that's where you kids lost me um, was anime yeah I was cool and that's I was fine cool with Digimon and uh, and then when Pokemon came out I was like you know we're Pokemon was before Digimon well Digimon was better Digimon was uh, way better I agree because Pokemon was just a little too like come on. I mean, uh, I, enjoy, I enjoy Pokemon. Oh, sure. I still enjoy Pokemon, yeah. but Digimon... Yeah, it's not my thing. Digimon so, is... They're the digital monsters. Yeah. Uh, Digimon are the champions. Um, uh, yeah. But, yeah, when, when you guys started getting into the anime and, like, you know, it's all subtitled or dubbed... Well, and, no, I only do dubbed. Digimon was dubbed. What we watched was dubbed. There's an original Japanese version of that. That's well, anime. They're, okay, that, they're, that's cartoony, cartoony. So yeah. you can't tell. But so is yeah. Naruto. Yeah, but the voices that they pick with those, are just, I don't know, some of them are not. I enjoy the the American, the English version. I, I liked I like the Last Airbender. That was a pretty. That's good. a I liked, great I liked show. Watching that one, with you guys. That was original English though. That wasn't like anything. That, yeah. That's I guess. Well, that's, M Night Shyamalan wrote that, didn't he? No. No. Not the cartoon. Yeah, I thought he, that was his original. No. What the hell? No. Yeah. That's the absolutely not. Um, I pretty much celebrated everything in M. Night Shyamalan. So, uh, <laughs> Except for the one that got like three raspberries. Which one was that? The Last Airbender. Oh, I didn't watch that the one. The live action was terrible. Yeah. That's what kind of ruined him. Well, that's that's why he's still on my list of, you know, uh, good guy. I, I didn't watch that movie. Well, so he still I, makes good I don't movies. Judge him. I don't judge him for that. No, I still, th- I still think he makes great movies. Like... Lady in the Water, I thought, like, where that, good. where that was one of his, like, flops. I thought that was a great movie. Yeah, it was good. Um, I like I, I like dark uh, fairy tales like that. So I had, uh, I had that three-pack of... Uh, yeah. I've still never seen Signs. That was a Or good Sixth Sense. Yeah, both of those were good. But I did watch Unbreakable. Yes. and I But I have not seen Glass. Uh, did you see Glass? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's good. It's a... Uh, it's comic booky. It, 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 yeah, you know, it, it's it's good. It's cool. Uh, I did just finish Watchmen recently. Okay, that's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Like I never, I never finished it before. I got to the part where Rorschach and uh, Night Owl made it to like the secret base in like the North Pole or wherever the hell yeah. they were. Um, but I turned it off after that. Whatever was happening, I just didn't finish it. And I finally finished it, and that's a damn. I kind of like. So I, I like movies like that. Either, I mean, the standard length movie, typically you, you finish it in a setting. But I kind of like the movies where it's like, man, it's a long one. All right, well, hey, let's finish this later. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like you watch an hour and you're like, you know what? There's like two hours left. Let's go ahead and just go to bed. Like, this is a good spot. Let's, yeah. Yeah, let's cut that off. So um, kind of like mini, mini series. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Sherlock. 
Oh man, I love with, Sherlock uh, with Cumberbatch oh. and uh, <laughs> and that other fella. Uh, 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 Martin. Martin. No. Freeman. Martin. No, Freeman. no, that's not Martin Freeman. Martin yeah. Freeman's Blue Streak. Hmm. Um, Is he Bilbo Baggins? Bilbo Baggins. Yeah. yeah. So what's in there? It's Martin something. Hold on. Hmm. Yeah, I like his. They, they those. They were good. Uh, they cast that one very well. Who plays Watson? Oop. Oh, it is Martin Freeman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. Um, like there's one or like I don't know. I like Robert Downey Jr. I didn't he, watch. All, I haven't watched all that. But I, I watched. Uh, I think one of his Sherlock Holmes movies. Yeah, he has two. Yeah. I, I haven't finished even the first. They're kind of corny. Kinda they look. Sl- he, it's like he he's kind of Charlie Chaplin-y kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slash, well, not just vaudevillian. I guess is that the right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, well, hey, we're on an hour twenty-five, and I really have to pee. All right, and I have to <laughs> wash a house in the morning. Yeah, you do. So right. good episode. Um, everybody, uh, follow Night Coffee on Instagram at Night Coffee Pod. Um, like it on Facebook at Night Coffee Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for having me.